This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello. Thanks for listening to Marriage Therapy Radio. I'm Zach. I'm here with Laura. Laura's got a big speech tomorrow, so we're talking through her topic, which is about play and adventure and date nights and uh, just how to keep it... um, how to keep the relationship on the path to more good versus, say, less bad. Stick around. Um, yesterday I was coaching soccer. Yes, I started coaching soccer again. Boys. Yes. Boys are the worst. I, I, uh, anyway, I, they don't listen. Group? They're 12 mm. and they don't listen, right? Girls are so easy, eager to please, but boys, not so much. So I'm having the them, testosterone uh, at I wanted them to, I wanted them to line up and they were so eager to score a goal that I was like, no, I need you to line up back there. Like, oh, back up, back up. And I'm yelling back up, back up. And finally I'm like, beep, 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 beep. <laughs> so that they, until they stopped. Uh-huh. You just have to communicate like a 12 year old boy. Oh my gosh. It's the worst. Mm. So Holden had a little pickup game. And let me just tell you that I think he understands the concept of soccer as it's just a ball that you can't touch with your hands is essentially the the concept that he has. And he's playing soccer and he's so good at basically just running laps around the, the ball. So there's like a cluster of people and they're all around the ball and it doesn't matter what, whose team he's on. He just runs laps around it. He's, he's, uh, as I would say, like a really great defender. Okay. Um, of the grass. Got it. (laughs) It's pretty awful. Uh, so here's what I have going on. I'm, I didn't sleep last night, like at all. Okay. And and my son and I got a massive, massive fight. I'm just really, uh, you know what? I'm anxious. I'm stressed out. I have the biggest talk that I've ever given. Um, that's coming up tomorrow in Salt Lake. Yeah. And I'm going to be, t- I'm going to be talking to 3000 people and it, you know, it's like numbers are arbitrary until you actually see a room full of 3000 people staring back at you. Yeah. Uh, it's massive. It's a giant, giant auditorium and people are coming to see John and Julie Gottman and I, and they have to sit through 30 minutes of me first. So that's, that's nice. like a little bit of added you're pressure. Like, you're like the warm up act. That's kind of what it is. I'm the warm up yeah. act. So yeah. let's just hope that I don't screw it up. And so if I sound like my words are not connected, if I sound a little 
tipsy, um, it's because I'm exhausted. I and believe you because we've been trading emails over the last couple of days or texts and you've asked me the, <laughs> you've asked me the same question four times. And I'm like, are you literally asking me that question right now? Because if you, look, if you look at the screen on which you are typing, the answer <laughs> is right there. <laughs> Did you write back? You're like, you're a mess. You're a mess. I was mess. like, you're a mess. I, I like, know. And, and then the, other, the first time you were like, what time are we meeting tomorrow? Which was like Sunday night. We never meet on Monday. I was like, no, <laughs> go, to, go to bed. Just go to bed. <laughs> and it's not a lack of sleep. That right there is just straight up chaos in my life. That <laughs> yeah. That's living out of boxes and yeah, trading business trips with my husband. By the way, you want to go to Beijing with me? Uh, probably. All right. Why are know. we going? Why are we going there? Because I'm going to teach. You can just come along as my bag holder. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds appealing. Right. Yeah. It's not, it's not a paying gig and you have to pay your way to Beijing and it's only going to be a two day stay, but oh, right on. I would I love my mind. for you to come. I changed my oh, mind. Okay. Yeah. So probably not is the answer then. Nuts. All right. Well, what should we talk about today? Well, you said you were anxious. You got this talk. What is it to talk about? Well, it's something that's actually really near, near and dear. So John and Julie Gottman, um, they came out with a book, I want to say about six months ago, and it's called Eight Dates. And uh, you and I have read all of the books that they've written. And I, I hands down truly believe that Eight Dates is the easiest, best one to read. Like if I was to introduce John and Julie Gottman to the average American, I would give them this book. I would, because it's the easiest one to read and understand. And it's right. interesting. Actionable. Um, it's actionable. That's probably it too. It's not the type of book that can just sit on your nightstand. It's a book you have to do. So it just outlines um, eight dates that you can have with your partner and it gives you conversations to have with them so that you're not just stuck in the daily grind of having these conversations about shop talk and um, you know how to keep your kids alive. And so I will be talking about one of the dates and I got to choose which one I wanted to talk about. And it's all about play and adventure, which I think, okay. you know, I'm, I'm, really big into play and adventure right. and novelty. Sure. And so that's, that's what I'm talking about. All right. Yeah. Is your talk any good? <laughs> I sure hope so. <laughs> Just right now, like <laughs> my head, I could rest it on this desk and be lights out in the next 30 seconds. Yeah. Um, I think it's going to be good. I just think that, Number one, I think that play ends up being the very last thing on people's to do. Mm -hmm. And um, mm -hmm. and also, I think that here's one thing that I'm actually pretty passionate about. I feel strongly about is that when couples come to see us and they're stuck in this vicious cycle of conflict or poor communication, um, or as you can say, people don't have poor communication. They communicate just fine. Yeah. <laughs> There's no problem with their communication. Yeah. Um, or getting on the same page or lack of sex, whatever it might be. And and you start reinforcing the idea that they need to go on more dates with one another, find more activities to do where they're playful and uh, there's joy and light. And it, they're like, what? No, you know, we need to work on our conflict. We need to work on mm. all of these other things before we can get to play. And I argue that you have to have play in order to have good conflict management. Yeah. Like I you, mean, you can't have one or the other. Obviously, it's all in the same sort of sort of casserole, right? There's, there's, there's all the stuff. And I do think though, there's a difference between couples who are in our practices. And I may have said this to you before, but couples who are in our practices who are trying to work on their relationship so that it's less bad right. versus couples that are trying to make it more good. 
Yeah. You know? Um, and so even, even in those two categories, the idea of a date or a date night or date, uh, you know, eight dates is going to have to be approached differently. And I actually, I had this conversation three times yesterday and I think it's because when I say something cool in the, like in a, in an early morning session and I, and mm-hmm. I like it, then I'm going to tuck it you, away you and I'm going to say, yeah, I'm going to find, find a, a reason to, to say it, it two more times. <laughs> You're like, this is totally off topic, but I just need to say it. Cause I think it's really, really good. Well, it was, it was around this idea of date night, right? And they were like, Oh, well we went on some date nights and, and here's the thing I think about date night, because some people get kind of freaked out about it. And the first thing they'll say is, what is the first thing they say when I say you should have date nights, regular date night? They'll say, yeah, well, we used to have date night on a regular basis, but, you know, it's just it's so hard. I haven't. Yeah. yeah or they'll say we, get a babysitter. We, we can't afford a babysitter. You exactly. Know? Mm-hmm. So for me, date night uh, has two two questions about it. Right. First of all, is what counts like um, because the couple that I had in the morning, she was saying he, he thinks when we go to a party with 75 people, that's a date. I think it's totally. only the two of us, you know? Yeah, yeah. And so, but I was like, okay, well then you have some work to do in terms of understanding what counts as a date. The other mm-hmm. is like, what's the cadence, right? I think you ought to have like an annual date, which is your trip to Mexico or Europe or, right. you know, um, whatever Disneyland. Mm-hmm. And then maybe you have a quarterly date, which is maybe it's a overnight downtown or an air, uh, like a bed and breakfast sometime, or maybe yeah. there's a monthly date, which is your, the one you hire the babysitter for and you, you go out and you get dinner and a movie. And, and then maybe there's a weekly date, which is you're walking the dog every Saturday morning or, and then mm-hmm. you can even have a daily date, which is that we stay in the bed for six minutes in the morning just to connect and um, look each other in the eye. I think, I think it's hard when people um, get, immediately resistant to the idea of, of creating space just for themselves because Mm -hmm. of all the busyness and all of the craziness that goes into work, the work of life versus say the play of life that you are, are speaking to the play and the adventure. Well, and the other thing that's interesting too, is you try to convince people that they need a date night. And I mean, if somebody said, Hey, you know what? You should have more date nights and they haven't had great date nights in the past. It's just been the same old boring date nights. Then there's nothing to look forward to. Hmm. So I think that they need to have something to look forward to. That's going to be playful. That's going to be novel so that when, when the time comes around and they have to shovel money out for a babysitter, they're saying, this is worth it. This Mm -hmm. is absolutely worth it. Because if you told me, uh, a date night is dinner and a movie. I would tell you that I could Netflix and and do pizza in my bedroom and lock the door and mm-hmm. hire, you know, a, some neighborhood kid to watch my kid downstairs, whatever it might be. So I think that date night needs to be something that you look forward to and that is exciting and fun and novel as opposed to just the same old, same old, because then you're just not going to look forward to it. It's like, why would you want to have sex if you've only had bad sex? Why would you look sure. forward to having sex? Right. Well, and just to counterpoint that a little bit, Rebecca and I, when we go out on a date, it's almost always exactly the same. We go to this restaurant right near our house. Yeah. We sit down at the bar. We don't order. They just bring us what we always get. And we talk for like an hour and a half. So it's not that it's same old, same old, but it's not boring and routine, mm-hmm. right? It's still mm-hmm. valuable to us. So, um, well, yeah. And so uh, one of the things that I'm talking about in my, cause we've learned, talk, we've learned by the way that we can no longer go to the same movie. Like there's no movie really? in the theater. There's no movie in the theater that we both are willing to pay money for. Got it. Got it. <laughs> you can't go to the same movie where you're, I got it. Um, I guess the, my question would be is what is the, what is the goal of date night? So for you yeah. and Rebecca, counts, yeah. your, your goal would be to have great conversation with your partner. 
Yeah. And is that conversation going to be around? Is it still great conversation if you guys are planning out your next month or you're talking about how, uh, you know, Zach is going to be, by the way, <laughs> newsflash, <laughs> Zach has committed to the next 20 days because he's already one day into it um, of a strict water diet, meaning that he's going to eat solids, but the only liquid that he can consume is water. So he's giving up diet Coke, which this guy can drink a lot of. Yeah. You're giving up milk. You're giving yep. up coffee. You're, juice. You don't drink I don't coffee. drink coffee. No, but juice, juice alcohol, alcohol, beer. Yeah. We went out. In fact, we went on our date. Uh, Rebecca's doing it with me. And we went on our we went out Sunday night mm-hmm. to our place and had our last like I had my last sort of spiced Manhattan. She had her last mm-hmm. glass of red. And then we came home and woke up yesterday and started drinking water. Had 98 gallons of water. I'm mean, 98 ounces of water yesterday. It's good. Yeah. You're all, well, OK, because you should have half of your body weight. So it's about you right. almost had you almost <laughs> had enough water. <laughs> No, uh, but this we're going to kind of diverge just a little bit. But the only way to hit a goal is to do it with your partner. Um, mm, no, that's it, not true. I think it's it helps, true. But it's not the only way to do it. Oh, it, or you have your partner supporting you. So if Ryan sure. comes to me and he yeah. says, you know, I'm only going to eat. He goes on this agogi diet. I'm only going to eat uh, chicken and dry bread. The chicken, by the way, is dry. It can't be salted or peppered or anything like that. It can be cooked, though. So chicken, <laughs> Good, yeah. bread, I'm good. The only thing I'm going to eat is broccoli. salmonella and... Yes. <laughs> you lose a lot of weight that way. <laughs> uh, but I have to support him, which means like I can't sit there and eat the most delicious meal in front of him that if we're going to dine together, then I'm going to eat what he's eating. And I think that that's the only way to support each other is if you're both going to do it, if one of you is going to do it, get your partner looped in too. Well, it's sort it certainly isn't, isn't helpful to do it the other way, which you did by saying, I don't think you're going to make it. I, d- I honestly, 100% don't, but you did, you didn't give me all of the facts, which is that yeah. Rebecca's doing it with you. And okay. so if Rebecca's doing it with you, I think that you have a chance. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks. Okay, let's go back Preach. to play and play and novelty. Yeah, yeah, right on. Um, here's one thing well, that I, I did wonder learn. if this counts. Like, I, no, I actually what? wonder if something like this counts. Like, to set a goal like this and be able to kind of become partners and teammates in a in a joint effort. I, I I literally just thought about that the last like ten seconds ago. But I think doing like a water challenge or something similar mm-hmm. probably can fall in the category of play and adventure. But it's your talk, so let's see what you got. I mean, no, I don't, I don't think so. All right. Not at all. You're you're the expert. One of the things, (laughs) yes, I am. I wouldn't consider that a date. I wouldn't consider, I can certainly consider that as a really great way to connect is having a common goal that you're working toward. Absolutely. But definitely not in the same. I said play an adventure. Play an adventure. Sure. I do know that one of the most common complaints that I hear is that we don't like to do the same things. Mm. We don't have the same common interests. And so that's a really tough thing is when they decide to do a date night with one another. It's like, well, I don't really like going to movies, but my partner loves going to movies. I would love to go rock climbing, but my partner doesn't want to cut their fingernails. That's an issue, by the way, if you're a rock climber and you have long nails. (laughs) I think that's a failure of imagination, though. Like we don't like the same thing. That's Mm -hmm. that's that's a cop out to me. I'm like, there's so many things. There's so many things. That you, you, know, you, can, you could learn how to you like. Know, 
I'm going to I'm going to give a challenge. This is one I have a whole bunch of stories that I'm going to share as part of my talk. And one of the ways that we can find if you find that it's difficult for you to play, I would say take it back to your childhood and start to think about what are the things that you really love to do when you were a kid? Like imagine I don't know, ages like seven to 12. What were some of your absolute favorite things? So, Zach, what was yours? I know you played soccer a ton, um, but what else? What other types of things did you like doing? Oh, I probably, I mean, okay, when I was seven, it was 1980. So, I I like to play with sticks and rocks and capes (laughs) and, um, (laughs) you know, like build build little ramps, plastic, build little. Build little ramps out of like plywood and cinder block, and see if I could yeah. jump over them without without a helmet and without breaking my my face or my you know okay. whatever. Fair so, enough. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I was I loved to build um, forts like up in trees. So I, I remember spending summers just up in trees building. I was such a tomboy, but honestly, my favorite. Ooh, you know, you're not do... allowed to say tomboy anymore. What do you say? What's the terminology? Girl. Uh, okay. Well, you know what? I'm speaking in past tense about myself, so I can say tomboy. Yeah, it's it's this whole idea that you that you're not supposed to. Um, uh, what is it? It's this idea that like because a girl shows traditionally masculine or uh, male interests, like sports uh-huh. or whatever, that doesn't make them a boy. It makes them a girl who has unique interests, like sports and climbing trees and stuff. So, cool. Anyway, yeah. All right. Um, I used to own it. I loved, I loved the label tomboy. I wanted to change my name when I was a little girl to Jesse because it was more gender neutral. Mm. Anyway, uh, my favorite thing to do is to ride bikes. And so I would get like a bike gang and we would be the kids that would be um, like racing in and out of alleyways and jumping over stuff and, um, you know, trying to see how far we could go on our bikes without our parents knowing and all of that stuff. So the conversation that I would have with, with, couples is talk to each other about what was your favorite thing to do when you were young? What did you love doing? And when you figure that part out, do it, make the date to do something like that. So if I loved having a bike gang, um, we did this a few years ago. It was really fun. Um, some friends of ours, we had, I don't know, maybe about 10 of us, uh, get together and we all met up the same place at a park with our bikes and we were in Seattle and there's a ton of breweries and we rode, I don't know, maybe 30 miles that day, but we hit a whole bunch of breweries on the way. And I think, you know, with, with 10 of us adults on bikes and going from brewery to brewery, it felt like a bike gang. And Mm. it took me back to like 1990. It was awesome. Mm. Um, so that's what I would say is pick an activity that you did when you were a kid. If you need to remind yourself of what it's like to play and if you have a hard time coming up with common interests, then take turns, maybe sort of yielding to the other person saying, all right, we'll do biking today and then we'll go do, um, like a soccer league. Uh, I don't know what they call it under underdog. They have uh, underdog <laughs> soccer <laughs> leagues for adults. Yeah. Or you can play a pickup game or whatever it might be uh, for your partner. And that's a great way to play. We, I mean, we like to actually just play, like play cards. Like we'll go out to dinner and yeah. take a deck of cards and just play, um, you know, at the table with um, each other. Yeah. Um, we do, we do a lot of cards. I think it's even more fun when you make the stakes really high that when you start gambling, you're like, it, whoever wins gets an hour long massage. Mm. That to me makes it more fun. Well, speaking of in your talk, are you going to talk about, um, 
bringing play into the bedroom, play and adventure into the bedroom? A little bit. So um, it's a bit of a conservative group, um, but I always love to incorporate sex. I do have a story and this is actually a personal story. I'll tell this to the podcast that it's a personal story and it's about changing the goal. So, um, okay, I'm going to get personal. So we started scheduling. We started scheduling sex thinking like, okay, we're going to have sex at least every day or not every day, every week on this day, like a Tuesday (laughs) or whatever. I know (laughs) that's a little too much. Okay. We're going to schedule it and we're going to schedule it for every day (laughs) at Um, 8 a.m. At 8 a.m. That's not scheduling it. That's just doing it. Anyway, that's doing it. Anyway, so we plan to have sex every week on on this day and it just kind of becomes monotonous, right? When you know that it's going to be happening. And so we just change the goal rather than the goal being to climax or to have sex or, you know, connect with each other. The goal would be to laugh. And so um, we decided that we were going to go into the closet and we were going to come out in the craziest outfit that we could find. And it just so happens that we keep all of our Halloween costumes in our master bedroom closet And so I came out in like a tutu and a blue wig and like shoulder pads from some football costume I had and was totally decked out. And um, and that was funny, but it was even better is when my husband came out. And um, so it just it like changed everything. Everything shifted from the goal being to climax to the goal being to laugh. And that just takes the heat off of the entire situation. So we only did that once, but it's a fond memory of mine of playing in the bedroom. Well, and I would say, too, particularly that you noted that you're talking to a conservative group. I I grew Mm -hmm. up in a pretty conservative environment. And, you know, part of what's difficult about sex in those kinds of circles is that it isn't playful, right? It's, it's loaded, it's work, it's, it's really serious. And I think you can offer them a gift by saying, Hey, maybe let's figure out how to play or laugh or just create an adventure or change the goal. Like, I I think it's perfectly appropriate for you to offer that to a conservative group, particularly if that's an area of, um, labor, you know, or work. So, yeah. Well, I always find some way to, or the purpose is to have a baby, like, (laughs) <laughs> oh man, that's the worst. But I mean, yeah. even, I mean, in, okay, I'll take it one step further. People who are struggling to have baby infertility and they're, and they're, and they're having sex like on a, on a very regimented level, that is almost traumatizing, right? Yeah. So figuring out somehow to bring playfulness back in, I think is really critical. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, and one of my favorite things is just honestly, is to just have like a treasure chest. It's like an adult toy box. And inside your adult toy box could be things that make you feel beautiful that you put on when you're being intimate. So it could be like your your beautiful negligee or um, I don't know, like a sexy pair of boxers that your wife finds particularly attractive. Um, you could have toys, you could have different like light up things where when you turn the lights off, they're glow in the dark. You could have all the different lubricants. I mean, I love the idea of having an adult adult toy box that when it's time for you to have sex and when you're bringing out the adult toy box, you know, you're going to be having a good time. Right on. Right on. So, um, um, good luck to me. Hopefully I get some sleep tonight so that I can be charismatic on the stage, but uh, yeah, I think it's going to be a fun talk. I'm always excited to talk about novelty and there's a ton of cool research about um, just like the the chemicals and the hormones that are released in the bodies. Anytime you're experiencing play or you're experiencing laughter in your relationship, it's just the the research shows that when you have a play 
play in your relationship, your relationship is infinitely better. It's always a good opportunity to play. Yeah. I love this topic. I want to think more about it because, um, I, it, obviously the couples that we see most often are couples that have forgotten how to play. And so I think it's, um, it's really critical to, to figure out how to make it easy for folks. And that's why I think your talk is important. I think it's also mm -hmm. important to, you know, remember that you don't have to go to Europe to play. You, you can literally yeah. play, um, you know, rock, paper, scissors to see who gets out of bed first and, um, and have that be, uh, have that be a way <laughs> to you just, you just pretend like you're, you're asleep the entire time. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so these boys, these boys that I'm coaching, um, yeah. they argue over the, the, the most petty stuff. Like that's my ball. No, that's my ball. Or I'm going to be the goalie or I'm going to be the goalie. And I literally said to them, I said, okay, listen, there's never going to be any arguing on our team. If you find that you're different and you want to be goalie and you want to be goalie, you're going to play rock, paper, scissors, and the winner's going to be the goalie. And that's going to be it. We're going to be done. And I was, I was like, <laughs> I was like, I am not dealing with this petty baloney. So what if, what if we just started, you know, with new clients and they come in, they start arguing. You're like, Hey, um, we're going to end, uh, at the end of this, uh, a little early because we're just going to do rock, paper, scissors. And whoever wins is going to win the argument. And then my time with you is going to be over for today. And I'll just go ahead and take your check at the end. Yeah. Did I, okay. <laughs> can I tell one more story? Cause do you, do you, you know, the story about me, uh, with the one couple and I told him to flip a coin. No. Okay. So oh, they never came back. I yeah, do know yeah, this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they would, I mean, they literally <laughs> argued over everything and, if she went to the store and bought a coffee machine and she came home with it and it was red and he knew there was a gray one on the shelf, he would say, why didn't you get the gray one? And they would argue then for gray, mm -hmm. how gray or red was better. And I promise you, if she'd come home with the gray one, he would want to know why she didn't get the red one. Um, mm. And it was constant all the time. And I finally one day just said, you know what, you guys, this is so boring. Like, why don't you just flip a coin and you'll be right half of the time and you'll be right half of the time and you'll save yourself yeah. so much time. And then, yeah, they never came back. And I, and I don't know if it's because they think I was a genius and I solved their problems or yeah. if they're at some cocktail party right now going, yeah, our wacky therapist was like, why don't you flip a coin and see how that goes? You know, but <laughs> that's all about game theory too, by the way. Yeah. So. Zero sum gain. Yep. Yeah. So hmm, flipping a coin. Well, I, I've had clients flip coins in session, but it was definitely to prove something more in, intelligent than what you had proved. Just going to say. All right. Yeah. Well, yeah. Okay. Okay. Audio, sir. Good talk, uh, yeah. I'll, I'll tell you how the, uh, how the talk goes. Yeah. Okay. Thanks. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of marriage therapy radio. We have a couple of things coming up, but just as a reminder, you have until the end of the month to use your promo codes so that you can receive $95 off the Marriage in Motion video series for couples. The promo is 95 off. It's pretty easy. You can use all caps, lowercase, doesn't matter to me. You just go to marriagetherapyradio.com and at the top there's a tab that says Marriage in Motion. Click on that and you will see the video series for sale. And we'll have that promo until the end of the month so you have a couple more weeks to purchase that. Also, we're very excited. We're going to have on an expert. Sam Garanzini is a certified Gottman therapist, and he runs the Gay Couple Institute. And we've had uh, several people ask why we don't represent the LGBTQ community on the podcast. And so I thought we would bring on an expert. So if you have any specific questions for Sam, email us now because we're going to have the interview recorded in a couple of weeks. You can email us at info at fourbetter.us. Thanks so much 
for all of your time and energy that you're putting into your relationship, making it better today than it was yesterday. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.